Hello everyone, my name is Dan Johnson and I'm a professor here at the College for Financial Planning. I work in the Tax and Estate Department here at the college and today I'm going to be discussing Like Kind Exchanges 1031. So 1031 exchanges are a special provision in the IRS tax code that allows for the exchange of like-kind property where no gain or loss is recognized on the exchange. So let's first discuss what real property is. The words like-kind refer to the nature or character of the property rather than to its grade or quality. In order to qualify for the exchange treatment, the transaction must actually involve an exchange of domestic real property for domestic real property. So only domestic real property will qualify for the like-kind treatment. Other types of properties such as personal use assets, ordinary assets, securities, depreciable tangible personal property, livestock, and real estate for domestic real estate will not qualify for like-kind treatment. In addition, both the real property transferred and the real property received in the exchange are held either for the productive use in a trade or business or for investment. If it's used for any other type of purpose, it will not qualify for Section 1031 treatment. Now, when a 1031 exchange occurs, usually it occurs between two different parties where one party is trading up to a bigger and better asset and the other party is trading down to a lesser asset. Both parties have assets with their own basis and their own fair market value. And this is important because it gets adjusted during the exchange process. Now, both taxpayers involved in the tra transaction usually have no recognized taxable gain at the time of exchange. However, there are certain situations in the like-kind exchange where there may be tax involved. This is when one taxpayer receives boot, which is any property that is not qualified or like-kind exchange. When boot is received, the gain must be recognized in the exchange. So let's clarify a couple of terms really quick. Realized gain is the difference between the fair market value and the adjusted basis of the property. Realized value is not taxable until the asset is sold. Once the asset is sold, then it becomes a recognized gain. So for example, if you have a building that's worth $100 and the basis is $20, you have a realized gain of $80. However, that doesn't mean anything until you actually sell the property. Once you sell the property, you now have a recognized gain of $80 and that recognized gain is what's taxed. This is important when discussing 1031 exchanges and often trips up students. And here's what I mean by that. When one party gives boot to the other party, the other party needs to recognize that boot. They don't realize it, they recognize it. What that means is that that boot is going to be taxable to the party receiving the boot. So what is boot? Well, boot is 
property that is received in the exchange that is not like-kind property. This includes things like cash, liabilities assumed by the other party from the original taxpayer, and other non-like-kind properties such as personal property received in the exchange. So what happens is that the party receiving the boot will recognize the lesser of the realized gain or the boot itself. Meanwhile, the party that is giving the boot, they are going to see an increase in their basis. So let's walk through a quick example. Suppose that you have a property with an adjusted basis of $35,000 and you exchange that for another property that has a fair market value of $50,000. That other party also gives you $12,000 in cash. So your basis of $35,000 will carry over to the new property. $50,000 is the fair market value of the new property minus your adjusted basis, which is carried over, that gives you a $15,000 realized gain. Now it's only realized because you haven't actually sold the property. Once you sell it, it would be recognized. Now you have a $15,000 realized gain and you have $12,000 in cash. Now the cash is not considered like-kind property, so you need to recognize that cash to the lesser of the realized gain or the boot received. So the realized gain is $15,000 and the boot received is $12,000. Well, the boot is less than the realized gain, that's the lesser amount, so that's what you're going to recognize for tax purposes. So you will have to include that $12,000 in cash uh, on your tax return and that will be taxable to you. Now that $12,000 that you're recognizing will subsequently increase your basis as well. So $35,000 plus the $12,000 will increase your basis to $47,000. Now let's look at another example that's very similar. So suppose that you have a property with a basis of $55,000 and you exchange it for a property that has a fair market value of $50,000. Also suppose that you have a mortgage that the other buyer is going to assume and that that mortgage is worth $15,000. Well in this case, the amount realized is going to be $65,000 minus your adjusted basis that carries over of $55,000 and that gives you a realized gain of $10,000. So in this case, you're going to recognize the lesser of the realized gain or the boot received. Now the boot received is the $15,000 mortgage that you were relieved of and the realized gain is $10,000 in this example. So you're actually going to recognize that $10,000. Now, if you're confused as to how to calculate the basis for exchange properties, there's actually a formula that you can use to help you. This is a formula that you'll have to memorize because it's not provided to you on the CFP exam. But basically, the basis of the new property 
that you are receiving in the exchange is equal to the adjusted basis of your old property that you're giving up plus any boot that you paid to the other party. So for example, cash or assuming their mortgage uh, minus any boot received from that other party plus any gain that you recognize for tax purposes. As for the holding period of the real property surrendered in the exchange, this holding period will carry over and add to the holding period of the real estate that is received. So there's a tacking on of holding periods. If you receive any boot in the exchange, so for example, the other party gives you a non-like-kind car, for example, the holding period starts on the date of the exchange and is not considered a carryover holding period. A few other requirements with 1031 like-kind exchanges. Uh, if the exchange is between related parties, then the taxpayer and the related party must not dispose of the real estate received in the exchange within two years following the exchange. If they do dispose of the assets within that two-year period, then that nullifies the 1031 deferral of gain on the exchange, and there will be tax consequences for both parties. The only exception is death and involuntary conversions. In addition, the property received in an exchange between like-kind parties must be identified in a written agreement within 45 days after the transferred property is surrendered. Lastly, property in the exchange must be received on or before the earlier of 180 days after the transfer of the property given up or the due date of the tax return, including ex extensions for the year the property was given up. Now, this requirement applies to both non-related parties as well as related parties. Okay, so that wraps up this podcast on 1031 like-kind exchanges. This is a tricky tax topic, so my recommendation is that you use your book to help you, particularly the basis formula, and work through a series of practice problems until eventually you get the hang of it. And once you get the hang of it, it should be fairly straightforward for you to compute. However, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to one of your professors here at the college. Thank you.